0: How we doing? Doing okay. It's uh, last day break. Very sad.
1: Oh really? You're going uh, back to work tomorrow.
0: 9 a.m. Bright and early. Haha! <laughs> I have Great.
1: another week. You've a
0: whole. You've two weeks.
1: Uh, well, technically, I've got three. I'd, I've had three weeks.
0: Because you had your off week. You took yeah. a week off, and this is your off week again.
1: And I get to see all my buddies again, and, yeah. and talk to them about how their week went, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, should be pretty good. So that's a lot of free time. Three weeks. It is a lot of free time. How are you Are you planning
0: on spending two more, one more week?
1: It's uh, it's almost. I mean, I don't know. It's weird when you have that much free time. You like don't know what to do with yourself, mm-hmm. and then you like put off the things that you should be doing because you're like, oh, uh, like I've got so much time, and then you know, I don't know. It's the the procrastination problem that that gets you. Um, not that I have that much to do. But, uh, anyways,
0: you're listening to Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments.
1: How's your time off, been? You feeling ready to go back to work?
0: Uh, I'm never ready to go back to work, so. <laughs> Fair enough. No, but it's been it's been nice to have the time off. I've watched a lot of TV, which I think is okay. I've done. A little bit of writing, I wish I'd done more, but I feel like, I mean, that sort of like recovering from work headspace where I've just got, no like I've just reached the point where I'm recovered enough to be creative again, now I have to go back to work, which is unfortunate, but it's been nice, I've watched, I watched like three movies the past couple of nights, not in one night, each night I've watched a movie for three nights, so it's has nice. chill. Any good movies uh, to suggest? Last night I watched Hell or High Water. It came out in 2016. It was up for Best Picture. It didn't win. Uh, That was the year that... Oh, God. Was it Spotlight that won? No, it would have been up in 2017, which is when Moonlight won. Just a little Hmm. bit of of Oscars trivia for you. Um, But it's about these two brothers, and they have a family ranch that is... There was, like, a financial situation with it. They needed to Mm -hmm. buy it back, but there was a trust that owned it, and they were trying to buy it from the trust. I think okay. that that was like the emotional crux of the film. The, the actual part of the film was they were robbing banks to raise this money, but they were only robbing banks like when they first opened. So before they were busy and they were okay. only taking the bills that were in the drawer, like in a cash register at the bank and only okay. fives, tens and twenties and ones because anything higher, the bank like can track. Right. It belongs to the bank. I don't know how money works. Um, And it's about them and their brotherly journey. And there's also, uh, uh, on his way to retirement, Sheriff, uh, played by Jeff Bridges, who's like, this is his last big mission is tracking these guys and ends in, like, a a fiery shootout. And it's a great film. Highly recommend. Nice. There's Pines in it, and it's good stuff.
1: That sounds good. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I have had any good movie watching. I've been getting into Letter Kenny. Again, I know I've talked about it on this show before, but uh, it's a Hulu one. And uh, yeah, I've been kind of binge watching that. Uh, The ninth season came out in December. And to be honest with you, I had not nine. Yeah, I didn't realize I had that many
0: seasons. I thought it was just like three or four.
1: No, it's got a lot. And I hadn't seen the first season before. I think I've seen I think I started watching like from the second season onward. And I've seen all of those, but or at least most of them. Um, and watching the first season when it wasn't highly produced and when it was like still in its infancy was really interesting to see Uh, the characters don't have as much of an arc yet. And Mm -hmm. they, uh, they kind of pick on this one character, Derry like a lot harder than they do later. Like you can tell he's like the butt of all the jokes and later in the show, he becomes one of the gang. Like he be, you know everybody likes Dairy later so i don't know it's just interesting to see that evolution um to head back and watch the the first season of the show um so that's been kind of interesting to uh to relive that show
0: i had a similar experience i rewatched the entirety of parks and rec over the holiday break back in december or i watched most of it and then finished it after the break uh and the first season of the show was pretty bad um like just the characters are are sort of stereotypes of what they end up becoming. Uh, The relationships are are sort of more mean-spirited in nature. Because they were trying to sort of go for that office audience initially with the first season before it turned into something a little more like heartfelt. Now that The Office doesn't have heartfelt, I've never watched The Office, but I know people like it. But it's interesting, you know, watching a show in its infancy before it's found its footing and it not being great but knowing it becomes something. So you've got this affection that sort of carries you through the... Lackluster parts.
1: Yeah, it's this weird nostalgia that's there, but doesn't quite fit the scene because you're like, this isn't quite the show, but it's the same people in the same situations. Um, so I definitely, definitely feel that, yeah. But Letterkenny is a classic. It definitely blew up. Uh, at college, everybody felt like we lived in Letterkenny. Uh, a lot of the time, so it was a good like comedic relief. Um, at college and uh. I still sometimes feel like I live there now, too, in a small rural place, although uh, not quite in Canada, but close.
0: Pretty close, yeah. I want to talk... The only thing I had on the list for today, and and this is going to be an off-the-cuffer, I think, which is fine. Some of our better episodes are off-the-cuffers, where we just do dumb shit. That's sort of our classic. Uh-huh. I feel like even last <laughs> time it became an off-the-cuffer, even though it started out as a list, uh, is is we've sort of touched on it, but like how to use break time versus how we feel like we should use break time. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think you and I are probably in a similar vein where with time off, we feel like we should use it to be productive or to like get something done or, or, you know, improve something in some way. But I keep, I find that on my weeks off from work, I fall into the same like patterns of, of watching TV or playing video games or just like hanging out, listening to podcasts or making podcasts And just sort of being chill. And I think that's the point, right? It's a break. You're supposed to just sort of let yourself be and exist. But I feel like we get in this headspace where we're supposed to, where we think we're supposed to like do something with our time, even though it's maybe healthier for us not to. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I definitely have fallen into that trap of not doing anything um, or of not doing as much productive things as I thought I would. I was planning a personal camping trip this week or this weekend and wanted to get out but I realized that I in order to get the things done that I want to get done otherwise like more writing and some gear repair and calling my grandparents I I need to be here for that. So um I think that that kind of changed the pace of things a little bit. Um I think I still will go out camping next week which will be like a big mission thing to do during my time off i think if i don't do that i'm going to go crazy uh sitting at home too much um i don't know the thing the thing that's been my saving grace this this time around has been cross-country skis and having that like physical challenge to accompany me and i kind of knew that i knew i was gonna buy some cross-country skis uh this past week and and kind of get into that with this time off so that's like my new exploratory thing, especially since my snowshoes broke again for the third time, but, uh...
0: These were your new snowshoes, right, that you just bought?
1: Yeah, yeah, that almost stranded me in Canada, um... There are worse places to be, although I guess you were not in a
0: particularly, like, survivable long-term part of Canada at that point.
1: No, no, but anyways, um so that feels productive and that feels really good to get out and go skiing i did like 12 miles yesterday which was awesome and i'm feeling sore today which is okay and it i don't know the feeling sore makes me feel okay about resting in the house and having a chill day because i know my body needs that recovery um and yeah so that's been that's been like the balance is when do i want to go out for more physical activity and when do i want to stay in and have it be chill. Uh, but yeah. A bunch of things that I thought I was going to get done. That didn't get done. Like finishing that short story. And uh, I don't know. Reading a whole book. For once. Uh, instead of just like half a book. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, you know. I Yeah. I think it's okay. I, I think you're right. In that it probably is best that we don't over do ourselves and think that it has to be productive sometimes I find the best productive the best productive times are when uh, I have other things going on I don't know do you find that's the case when the pressure's on you perform but when there's no pressure the procrastination creeps in
0: oh yeah I think about uh like my film shoots uh the most stressful film shoot of my life was it was the night before the rough edit of the film was due, and I had to shoot maybe uh, a third, not a third, but like a, maybe an eighth of the film uh, in one night because I was shooting by location just because getting actors assembled in one spot was hard. Uh, so I would basically pick a location, and say, we're going to spend four hours out here. We're going to shoot, you know, all 10 pages that are, that are in this location, uh, which is not a good way to shoot. You should like pace yourself and shoot a little bit at a time and really perfect that stuff. But I didn't have that luxury. This was a student film. Uh, and we got it done. It was awful. And I think I had a mental breakdown at one point because it started to rain, you know, normal, healthy stuff. Uh, but we got it all done. And then I had to, then it was like nine or 10 PM and I had to edit the film by the morning. So I just did it. The pressure was on. I sat down and I drank a lot of coffee and I made a film. So I think you're right. I think having that sort of like nagging in the back of your mind, Sort of acts as a, a catalyst for productivity, and not necessarily the best catalyst, but it's it's like a cattle prod, right? Is is sort of like go 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 kind of thing. Whereas if you're just hanging out, you know, drinking coffee and petting a cat all the time, there's less motivation, not even motivation, but less urgency to being productive.
1: Yeah, urgency is a good way to put it. Like, I write the most. I wrote a lot at school, and I wrote a lot. During the summers, and I was working expeditions, and like on my off weeks here, that I don't do a whole lot, I find it hard to write because my days are unstructured, and it's not like I don't know, I have so much time to write, but I choose not to, and there's also nothing going on to write about, probably. So there's that catch twenty two as well, but uh, but when the pressure's on, when the time is crunched, and I might only have you know an hour at night to to do whatever I need to before going to sleep and having to wake up early the next morning, I choose to be way more productive with that hour than I do with six hours at home yeah. uh, during the day doing, you know, sipping coffee and watching YouTube or something. So yeah, it's interesting how that goes. Um,
0: I think having that routine and, and having that structure definitely helps because it like gets your brain in a in a mode where it is constantly doing stuff. I found I waste so much time – not waste. I spend so much time on my, my days off just like sitting trying to think of stuff to do because there isn't necessarily a set thing to do. And I, that's like huge swaths of time, like half an hour sitting contemplating if I want to watch Star Trek or, or like Parks and Rec or something. Yeah. Because it's not a structure, just me deciding. Structure's
1: important. You got to have structure in your life and figure out rituals that incorporate structure so you have – that yeah i think that's something i need to get during my off shifts is more structure um yeah going out for skis every day and deciding like okay i'm gonna go skiing today i've got to structure my day around that where do i want to go skiing how far away is that skiing that all kind of like helps to decide some of the structure but other than that uh it's hard to hard to find that structure when you're an adult and you don't have, uh, you know, people telling you where to be and what to do. It's sort of a double-edged sword. I can't imagine working for myself uh, at this point in my life. I don't think I could do I, – I could work – own my own work-from-home situation. You know what I mean?
0: I have a hard time keeping myself accountable.
1: Yeah. Because I think, you
0: know, we're our own worst critic, but we're also our own most lenient judge, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if, I, if yeah. I'm tired, of course I'm going to let myself go have more coffee and, and sit for a while.
1: Right, right.
0: Even though I'm also constantly berating myself, like, oh, you should have been writing, but sure, hang out more.
1: Yeah, it's an evil balance. It's an evil balance for sure. Um, It's a vicious cycle, but uh, I think there's ways out of it. I think, yeah, that structure piece is important, and finding things that, like, recharge you, that you're passionate about even if only for a short time um i don't know and knowing what's going to shake up your day i know that going for a ski is going to change my day completely and afterwards i'm going to feel like a completely different human being for some people that's like taking a shower or like uh i don't know it's usually like exercise getting outside something that's like a more full body sensation um definitely helps to shake up the day.
0: Yeah, the past few days, not yesterday because it was like really bad out, but what was yesterday? Yesterday was Saturday. So Thursday and Friday, I ended up going for like 4-mile walks just on like roads I hadn't been on before. And it turns out as soon as you get out of my immediate vicinity, it like becomes farmland and like rural roads within like a block of this crazy busy place I live. So I just sort of wandered around there and and it did I did I sort of found myself more centered that I had previously. It is weird, though. I've I've talked about the, the neighborhoods and the planned communities that sort of surround me, and mm-hmm. I ended up wandering through one of those, and it was, like, I just kept picking a road, because there's, like, a million little roads and streets that wind through these areas. I kept picking one. It was just, like, as far as the eye could see, more of these developments and houses. <laughs> and every, every single house is completely different. Like, none of them are the same, but they're all massive and and all have pools and, like, giant porches and just like literally endless this road just kept winding and winding and winding and there's no sidewalk so you're like you're in the way whenever a car comes by you're clearly right there <laughs> like you're not you're not supposed to be there you're not I don't know but it was it was nice to get out especially a couple days ago when it was like snowing and and blustery it was nice out mm
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing about Wisconsin is these ski trails and hiking trails and stuff are all either on old logging roads or old railroad tracks. So they're super flat and long and you can see forever. And uh, like I was saying earlier, that kind of facilitates one kind of meditation in that you're you're really focused on your body, really... Like you don't have to worry about navigating because it's just flat for literally two miles and there's no turns so you really focus on your body and focus on your stride and like you can get really into your head about it um but some of these places that i went uh felt very different from that they had some old forest roads and some logging roads but uh i actually i can name the place it's called levi mounds and there's actually like the most topography i've seen anywhere in wisconsin yet was at this place which felt really refreshing really good also felt a little out of shape because i was like wow this hill should not be feel this hard but i also haven't skied or ran up a hill this big uh since i moved here so maybe that explains it um but yeah that that navigation challenge came in and it felt good to okay i'm gonna ski up to that sign and then figure out where i want to go from there and it becomes this little problem in your head and you have this, this flow of something to solve rather than just, okay, I'm going to hop on the road and run straight for four miles and then turn around and run straight back. Sometimes my my mind needs that and I need that to think about mm-hmm. things and to, to work it out. Other times, uh, getting in my head like that is not what I need. I read, it was either...
0: Washington Post or, or Wall Street Journal article over the summer called Get Lost. Um, and, and maybe I'll throw a link to it in the episode description. But it was basically about how, like, as people, we live in such, like, heavily structured areas most of the time. Like, square grids and, and stuff like that. And so getting out into a place where you sort of have to navigate actively and, and getting into a place you don't necessarily know where you're going, but just embracing the journey is really, really healthy, especially in a, in a pandemic that's been going on for almost a year now. Uh, and I I I think I agree with that. I think you that's sort of what you're getting at, too, is just sort of going out and, and figuring out your journey as you go on that journey, rather than sitting down and printing out a map quest for it. Not that anyone does that anymore, but that's good and that's important. I guess I don't really know what point I was trying to make other than to cite this article and sound clever
1: (laughs) no it's it's great I think that's totally true that you gotta let the journey take you where it's gonna take you and the yeah the pre-planning is only so good I only want to know so much about a place I'm gonna do a trip to or that I'm gonna go ski or run in and let the rest find me when I get there and uh that's really satisfying um to kind of discover it when you do get there. The thing about running on logging roads and forest trails is that they probably are very similar. Like, the succession around the old forest roads that have been logged all feel very similar. And the railroad tracks all have the same grade and the same curvature of turns. So uh, it it can feel like the same place, even though you're not, even though you've changed, even though you've, you've gone skiing in a different spot. So this is still a railroad. Um, but the, the places I've been going recently have felt really good and felt different and complicated and, uh, needing some of that, you know, navigation skills, which has felt great. I never felt lost, but I also never felt like I knew exactly where I was all the time.
0: I like that feeling. I, um, there's two specific instances that come to mind. The first is, over this this past summer, I was up in the Adirondacks, obviously, I've talked about it, but we had one one day off a week, 24 hours, uh, and I was determined, for a while, I was determined I was going to use that time to just hike all the time and just be active, so my first day off, I went down, camp has like a two-mile trail that leads to the end of the property, uh, and then it it breaks off into a snowmobiling trail, uh, and because there's a huge network of snowmobile trails out there. Uh, but it was summer, snow was snowmobiling, so I decided I was going to take this snowmobile trail. I heard there was a wooden bridge over a creek somewhere out in the woods. I said I was going to find that wooden bridge, uh, and it was a snow. I, I was a straight shot, you know, pretty much until the end. But I walked for four miles just on this trail that I'd never been on before. There was no one else around. I didn't know really where I was in relation to anything else, uh, and then came to a fork. I uh, forked off. It was like a grassy road versus a trail. Uh, and I picked a direction this just went, and I ended up finding where I was supposed to go. And something about like being out there. No, I knew no one was. You know, at least within a mile of me because there were no other trails. Uh, it was. It was cool. It was comforting. Um, the other instance is uh, the college I went to has a biological reserve on its not on its campus, but as part of the property you know, it owns. Uh, and there's technically trails and technically maps of those trails, but the maps are really bad and the trails are really poorly marked. So every time I went, I just decided I was going to walk these trails until I found my way out and I got lost every single time. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know which direction the trails went. And it was incredible to just like take a day and wander and, and sort of do this. I've I've heard the phrase forest bathing before. (laughs) I don't know that I love that phrase, but it's, it was accurate and just like, you know, I didn't. I didn't know where I was going, and where I was going to end up. But just enjoy the journey, and that's that's a metaphor for life too. What do you think about I it? I think
1: it was. I think it was Thoreau that said that a man can satisfy his whole life of wanderings within a 20 mile radius of home. Of just, of just aimless wandering and walking, and I think it's in walking that he says that that a man can satisfy his, uh, his need for exploration within a 20 mile radius. Because that's like a day hike. Like, that's like within a day's hiking range. Um, which I think is interesting. But, uh, yet we still find ourselves in far-flung places to find that excitement. But, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's very interesting. I definitely had a lot of those experiences at my college of, yeah, getting lost. Sometimes quite literally, uh and finding my way back um actually there used to be a, a uh, I don't know if i'd i wouldn't say it was hazing it was more like a, a gathering of a sense of place about you uh when you know you'd arrive on campus and you'd have this is way before my time uh but you'd have you know a week or two on campus get to know the place and then they said okay you're you're feeling pretty settled in the few buildings that we have here on campus now time to learn the greater community and learn you know what roads go to which roads and and what streams will lead back up the hill and stuff so we're going to take you in a van and we're going to blindfold you and drive you 10 miles out of town and drop you off on the side of a road and uh say come on back for dinner um now that eventually morphed into different ways of learning the the town around you and the the sense of place of getting lost and finding your way back with maps and compass and with canoeing and hiking and stuff. Um, but that used to be the way that they did it. And I think that's very interesting to be like, okay, uh, I got to make it home now and whatever way I make, make it, it's going to be really interesting and a cool adventure along the way. Um, yeah, maybe a little forced for some people's taste, I think, but... But sometimes you gotta just get thrown out there. How else are you gonna learn? <laughs> it's like it's like
0: birds, right? Baby birds not baby birds, but birds gotta get pushed out of the nest sometime if they wanna learn how to fly. You guys are just getting your wings, that's all.
1: Yeah. I guess so.
0: Your your school did a couple interesting things in terms of putting you guys out in nature. I don't know if you've talked about winter expedition before on this podcast.
1: I'm pretty sure I have. I feel like did we we still had the podcast at that time, so yeah, I must have but yeah that that was definitely interesting. that was uh yeah, some harsh conditions and navigating off trail and uh you know finding your way back home uh not only just after one afternoon but after four days of um really cold temperatures and uh camping in the snow and using fire to boil your water and uh all that good stuff. so there's a lot of good stories that come from that. I remember. I keep um, talking, I'm gonna
0: refill my coffee.
1: Oh, great. I'm, all listen- the, I'm listening. I'm listening. All the all the stress on me, but um I'm trying to remember a good story from that. I mean it's just like uh the whole thing's a good story, but <sighs> hm. Yeah, and the other thing too is that we're we're doing it uh in a large group of people. So there's like a community that's working its way home. Not just you on a solo journey trying to struggle your way through it so it's a lot about helping each other out and a lot about like trying to have everybody make it across the line and granted some people will get really cold and you know there's a risk of frostbite and hypothermia and if that happens you know it's it's best for you to leave the field and head back to campus and warm up and stuff and um and so it's uh it's really interesting to to kind of be a part of that in a larger community sense, and not just, like, a solo adventure, uh, yeah, I remember this one time that I was a teaching assistant on that trip, and our, like, campus media person was coming in to take some photos, and, like, be, uh, um, to, to send out to media, and, or, you know, just, like, post on Instagram and stuff, and, uh, my job was to hike to the the road, and because I, I I was you know embedded with the the expedition the whole way, but um, they were going to come in just for an afternoon. And so my job was to hike to the trailhead, and hike them back into the group, knowing, you know, I know where the group is at and what speed they're going to go at, and like kind of catch up to them. Um, so it's kind of like a, a a miniature guide for that part. And it was really interesting to hike out of the expedition, alone, get to the trailhead, feel uh like the touch of the outside world hike that person in and then you know be that like transition person from for that person to experience this expedition that wasn't something i'd really like felt before um but yeah that 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 really taught me a lot a lot about the area and a lot about how to live with people in the woods under harsh conditions that's enough of my storytelling. You got up and got some coffee.
0: I did. It was very exciting. I uh, made it myself. Cheers.
1: Just with the rever- regular pour-over thing. Just
0: a regular, just drip coffee. It's Aldi blend, uh, medium roast, fair trade. It's delicious.
1: You gotta, you gotta up your game, man. I don't.
0: Why? It's good.
1: I don't know, because you need something to obsess about your life. Like Writing
0: a book isn't enough.
1: No, but everybody's got to have that thing, you know? That like material passion of theirs that they feel like uh, is something they're really into. For some people, that's like craft beer. And for other people, that's like wine. AeroPress or, coffee. For some people, it's coffee. Um, I'm
0: sure I had something like that in the before times. I can't remember what it was. I feel like (laughs) I must have had something like pre, pre pandemic. I feel like I probably had an obsession, but I've been in survival mode for so long. I could obsess over coffee or I could just drink it and and figure it out on the way.
1: I don't know. I wake up in the morning, very excited to make my cup of coffee.
0: I, well, I don't know that I wake up excited for much these days, but (laughs) I wake up and I, I make it. And while it brews, I give my cat some food and water, so it's very exciting. Speaking of which, I gotta refill his water, but I'll do that after we record, cause I'm not gonna there leave you. again, cause that would be rude.
1: How's the cat doing?
0: He's good. He uh, he's getting really comfortable. I've had him for I got him in mean, November, so what's November, December, well, February? So like three months now I've had him. Nice. Uh, he sleeps on my bed every night, for most of the night. Uh, he's spends... no longer under the toilet. No, he he was there for like two days, then he moved to like under my dresser, and now he's under my bed full time. Except he'll come out and, and sit with me if I'm out in the living room, and sometimes if I'm in the bathroom, he'll like scratch at the door and meow, which is Aww. adorable, uh, except like when I'm trying to go to the bathroom and there's a door scratch, it's kind of unnerving sometimes.
1: I've heard that's because cats don't have that much object permanence, and they think that you're like gone. I've, just, I've been eaten You've by left the, the door
0: yeah I feel bad whenever I have to go to work because he just sits under my bed alone all day he doesn't eat he doesn't like he just hangs out and then he like gets all his energy when I get home but what that means is at about three or four a.m. every morning uh like the the crazy cat part of him kicks in and he just starts sprinting <laughs> around the apartment and like biting at my feet and like pawing at me and trying to wake me up it's like dude I gotta get up for work in four hours don't do this <laughs> uh but but he's sweet he he. Sometimes he'll sit. He used to sit with me through like a whole movie, but now he'll sit with me for like twenty minutes. And there's this little section in the hallway right behind me. and He'll just sit there and look at me now. I don't know why he won't just sit in my lap. He's he's an interesting guy, but he's he's he and I are best buds. We just I spent the morning drinking more coffee uh, and watching Star Trek with him in my bed, which was nice. Nice. Uh, that's what that I'm gonna good. miss most about break is is hanging out with him. Because I can do I can write I can hang out on the weekends and stuff, but I won't have this extended time to snuggle my kitty any other time but
1: yeah it feels good to have the house feels almost too empty without another living creature in it and sometimes i think i hear mice in the walls and stuff but
0: well don't come to me for tips on how to get rid of them because then that's just war crimes at that point
1: are they still a problem no did you have you
0: ever since pip showed up i don't know if they can smell them or something but they're they're gone very good or they all froze to death that's a possibility too
1: Mm, I don't think mice really freeze to death all that often. I feel like that's why they come to our abodes, is to not freeze to death.
0: I don't know. They're gone, though. I'm very grateful for that.
1: Speaking of animals that should freeze to death, how are those geese doing? The ducks, man. The ducks. The ducks. They're good. Geese. There's
0: like ten of them, at least. I thought there was like three or four. Uh, And then the other day I watched literally a whole flock of them just fly up from the creek into the sky and into the distance. Uh Hmm. I I know very little about ducks other than like basic duck facts about like their webbed feet and how rain falls off their backs and how dove soap is good for them. That's sort of my range of duck knowledge. <laughs> um I j I don't I still can't believe they like can survive this cold weather. It's been below freezing for like two weeks now, and they're just hanging out in the creek every day, quacking to each other and, and keeping me up at night. It's it's bizarre
1: what do you think they're uh, eating
0: i don't know it's february in rochester there's there can't be much like stuff hanging out i don't know maybe maybe there's neighbors down in another building that come out every day and just throw bread which isn't good for <laughs> ducks but not everyone knows apparently that. not or maybe there's like i don't know do, do ducks eat but they must eat bugs and fish and stuff maybe there's cold bugs and fish
1: Oh nothing that Stream to keep them alive? I don't know. I don't know
0: anything about animals, apparently. Well, maybe they, 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 like I said, they fly around, so maybe they go and they hunt for food and come back, and they've got, like, their nest by the creek. Hmm. I don't know. hmm But it's been fun to watch them. They are, looks like they're black and white. Uh, that's all I got on them.
1: That's all your your bird ID knowledge is, is that they're black and white and they're ducks? Well, I'm
0: looking down from three stories up.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know your apartment's on the third floor.
0: Yeah. Top floor, which means I have the craziest icicles I've ever seen in my life uh, because I'm right on the roof. So all the water's dripping directly down uh, on my balcony. So I've got these icicles that literally span the length of the roof to the bottom of my balcony outside right now, which is spooky. And there's no one above me making noise. Just people below me making noise. Sometimes they'll play loud. My neighbors downstairs will play really loud music at like 3 a.m. And if it wakes me up, I just I get out and I stomp around for a few minutes. Then I go back to bed. That's weird. I live a productive life. Yeah, they also smoke, and the smoke smell comes up and fills my bathroom. So there's a lot of stuff that's really fun. Are, aren't you on the? Are you on the top floor? Did I imagine I am,
1: that? Yeah, just the second story though. It feels like a little castle kingdom up here. Look but, down at all uh, the peasants around you. Yeah, third floor is crazy though. I, it's like an apartment building though. Yeah, like I live in like a you...
0: complex. There's like hundreds, not hundreds. Well, there's there's hundreds of apartments in the complex, but there's probably a hundred buildings around.
1: Whoa. They're little.
0: There's like six apartments in each of them.
1: That's wild. I went to a friend's for the holidays here in Wisconsin for like New Year's a while ago and went to their apartment complex and it felt so weird to be in a very long hallway with just, it's just like, ah. And they're on like, yeah, they're on like the second floor and, and I just felt, weird and different and also I didn't even get that experience at college I didn't even have that big of a dorm right the dorm building there so it was uh big buildings like that weird me out
0: the buildings the building I live in isn't super big it's so there's three apartments on my side of the building they're all one room apartments and I think the other side of the hall which is basically like it's a three foot hallway it's not very wide it's just like one door a little landing on another door across I think it's all two bedrooms on that side, I think. I'm not 100% sure. So it's it feels very dormy uh and plus there's it's like a parking lot outside and a dumpster. So that also feels very dormy. At least that's how my dorms were. I'm sure yours weren't quite so crass. Um, and then the loud music at night uh really sort of solidifies the the college experience that I thought I'd finished with, but apparently not.
1: Yeah, but you got to live that life before you can like own your own home or buy some unincorporated land and build a cabin or I don't know something like I've, that
0: I've been every time I go on a walk I like look at all the houses that exist and just the thought of like owning a home is so baffling to me now that and it, it, in a way it wasn't as a kid as a kid I sort of always imagined myself having a house and I'm sure I will someday but like the thought of a whole house with all the rooms and a garage and like it's just crazy it's like a, it's like a castle in my head They they're equated now
1: yeah it is seems like a lot and i have heard from mentors of mine that it's really not worth it <laughs> and that um it's just not uh not the way to go if you want a long-term investment that you don't have to sink more money into than it's worth but um
0: although i have heard tales of like mortgage payments monthly being lower than rent payments monthly in some cases depending on the house you buy
1: that's true that's so.
0: possible. But that's um, I mean, obviously that's more of a long-term commitment. I feel like I wouldn't buy a house or I won't buy a house unless I'm going to like start a family. You know what I mean?
1: True. True. Unless you really need it. Living in a 3 bedroom, 2 bath house just by yourself would be a little awkward.
0: What if I had like a little cottage, one person cottage, with a little little kitchen and and like wood stove or something? That would be lovely. Yeah. I could do that, but anything beyond that that's like the next level of of I don't want to say adulthood because we've discussed how adulthood is just a concept many times in this podcast. But it's, you know, it's sort of like it's a tier. It's the next tier on the Patreon of being a person.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it takes a lot to subscribe to that one.
0: I'm like a minimum wage worker, and the thought of like making more than that is crazy to me. Just like thinking about making like. Enough a year to pay off a car and a house and and like Netflix and stuff. You know the essentials, the three, the big three.
1: <laughs> Netflix uh, and stuff. That I don't leech off my parents for it. <laughs> also, I
0: don't know when I'm supposed to start like paying for my own Netflix. I feel like <laughs> that's a generational thing. There's no because like, our parents didn't have that issue, but like here <laughs> we are. Like, I, I would happily mooch off my family's uh, streaming accounts for the rest of time. I have no problem doing that if they're gonna pay for the multiple screen version i may as well use it
1: (laughs) yeah it's like all these things i never
0: thought about now that i'm like in this position i sort of have to start thinking not have to but just sort of ponder i ponder
1: yeah that makes sense i had a little bit of a scare um earlier this week when my car uh, was on the fritz again it was leaking some coolant um, which could either be a not so big problem or a very big problem so it was good to see that it wasn't a very big problem but that um potentially looking into getting a car and what that's going to cost and an old car versus a new car and like paying monthly for that and it's just like oh gosh this is a huge investment i'm about to figure out and then it turned out to be no big deal um at least for a little bit longer so uh but yeah totally right and i know that's an obstacle that i'm sure plenty of our peers have gone through and stuff but um yeah.
0: But when it happens to you, it's like it's different. It's more intense. Obviously because it's happening to you. But like all these all these things that you hear about and then it's, you know they're scary, but then you experience them and it's like life or death it feels like.
1: True, or you think, well, if that dummy over there could figure it out, then I know I could probably do it.
0: <laughs> right? That's how I feel about driving because I don't I don't have my driver's license. I I'm sure I've talked about that before. And it just mm-hmm. like life worked out in a way where it just didn't end up happening for me at the age most of our peers did it. And, and I can drive a car, no problem. I spent most of the summer driving around dirt roads at camp uh, in borrowed cars. But it's, like, it's still intimidating in a way. But then I think, like, if, you know, Joe Schmo from high school can drive a car, no problem, and he, it, Joe Schmo was not the brightest man I know, then I can probably figure it out. No offense to yeah. Joe Schmo. I enjoyed all my classes with, with Mr. Schmo.
1: Yeah, and then you see folks that you're like, Wow, I can't believe you stepped into that. Good luck. I know I wouldn't be ready to do that, you know. But
0: everyone does things at their own pace.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But some of like the thought of getting married at our age is wild to me. Mm-hmm. For or sure. like or like having a kid. Like that sort of thing. Things I see our peers doing and just you know, whatever, I'm not gonna, you know, they live their lives the way they live their lives, but the thought of doing that fills me with such trepidation.
1: Yeah, man, I think this is just the beginning of that, (laughs) like, (laughs) just the beginning of that feeling of, uh, just forever, our, our, our peers, uh, going through adulthood, and, and, of course, not getting invited to weddings, because, uh, they're probably not happening in person anyways, but, um, It'd yeah. still be nice to
0: get a Zoom link just to tune in and be like, "Hey."
1: <laughs> no, I I I wouldn't show up. I'm sorry. You Wouldn't show up to a Zoom wedding. It's just not my kind of thing. It just doesn't seem productive. I don't know. I can't. Imagine, I've got like, my yeah, Zoom. I've got like, my like, Zoom time down to like this and like a one and a half hour meeting for work, and that feels really good to not be on Zoom meetings all the time. You don't do Zoom
0: happy hours or like Zoom game nights. With who?
1: Well,
0: that's that's a good point. I That was actually something I wanted to touch on last last episode and completely forgot about was, like, Zoom fatigue. And, and I, uh, back when the pandemic started 20 years ago, it feels like um, uh, several groups of friends were like, we should do, like, Zoom hangouts. We'll just sort of chat about life, and it'll be fun. And the first, like, three were nice because it was still, like, new and, like, hey, hey you're muted. Ha-ha. Yeah. Uh, but after a year of doing it, there's nothing to talk about. Right? Like How many we, of those have just same. fallen
1: off? How many are like, okay, we'll do a weekly zoom meeting, I've just like never
0: They've gone down going. to like
1: every three weeks now. Yeah.
0: And even then it's I feel like every Zoom meeting I I do now has to have some purpose to it. Like, we have a podcast. I mean, we're lucky in that we started our friend, or we started, we didn't start our friendship, we started our podcast with the intent of we're not going to be hanging out in person all the time. Let's preserve our friendship by having this reason to keep talking. Uh, so we have, like, this this medium to talk through so it's not just, like, awkwardly sitting in a Zoom window. Because uh, a lot of these Zoom happy hours have turned into, like, long silences of, like, four people just staring at, little windows on the computer screen until someone finds, because no one's like doing anything new, right? Like We've all been in this for, a, you know, someone might get vaccinated, or someone had a weird day at work, but that's about the most that happens. So, like, all my Zoom meetings have become either podcast or, like, game nights. You no, know, Jackbox Games is a really popular thing to do over Zoom, because you can do it over your phone. Uh, yeah. Like, Dungeons and Dragons, that sort of thing. Like, everything's, I find it way easier to sit in, in a Zoom call if there's, if we're doing something, rather than just trying to have a conversation, which I realize is the whole thing we do in this podcast, but I feel like the podcast format helps it not feel super draining.
1: Right. Now here's my question. Are these people I would know that you're doing these hangouts with?
0: These are all college people.
1: Oh man. Cause here's my here's my theory is that I have not been participating in that culture so much. In Zoom culture? In 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 the let's hang out with people and get and refresh you know you're the only person i contact on a weekly basis to update in my life it's an honor and some weeks there's not a whole lot of updates um especially with covid the way it is but what if i were to call somebody that i hadn't talked to since we graduated high school and have a zoom meeting soon and be like well we got a lot of catching up to do like our whole lives have have changed and uh I haven't talked to you for months, even before for years, even before COVID happened. So we got all those things to catch up on. COVID is just like the weird little side thing that um has developed in the past couple of years. But I think that would be really entertaining. I think since I, think I haven't participated be. in it, it would, it would feel fresh. I'd burn it out pretty quick. Yeah, but yeah. for those for those first few it'd be it'd be a great fire.
0: I feel like that's a that sort of conversation feels like it should be, like, if if things were, you know, in a recognizable state right now, which nothing is, but that's the sort of conversation, ugh, I can't speak, conversation you'd have if you were home for, like, Thanksgiving, right, and you run into someone at a bar and you just sort of end up having that conversation. Having that conversation over, like, a, a pre-scheduled, like, let me email you the Zoom link so we can catch up on our lives. I don't know, it's got a sort of performativeness, not performativeness, but it's it, sort of like a, I don't even know the word, but it's, It's like rehearsed, right? You're planning it. I feel like that's more of a fun spur-of-the-moment conversation. At least that's how I view it. I don't know what your thoughts are.
1: I don't know. I don't like to be caught off guard by those conversations. (laughs) That can be hard to explain uh, when you're caught off guard. I wonder if, like, high school reunion is going to be Zoom.
0: Is there a five-year reunion for high school? Yeah, not that
1: that's that's our year anyways, but, like... uh, It must...
0: That's a lot of people to sit in a Zoom call.
1: I've had... 100 people on a zoom call
0: i don't like those meetings i had a i had a hangout with like 50 people once it was like a a show reunion and, and we just sort of wanted to catch up and it's like you can't have conversations in that because it's like everyone mutes themselves and the one person does their thing and then they mute and the next person does their thing that's not it's not how conversation works that's not how like i miss i, I guess i just like the mingling aspect of, of that sort of thing i'd love to just sort of walk around and talk to people rather than you know, do the, the icebreaker. Hi, my name is Ethan. Here's my two truths and a lie about what I've been up to since high school. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, that, I can imagine that would be the most awkward thing if you had no choice who to interact with in that situation. <laughs> that that's, would be that's terrible. The appeal of high school
0: reunion. <laughs> I assume the appeal of reunions is like going and seeing people and like choosing who you're going to talk to. If you're just sitting in your little, you know, rectangle waiting your turn, it's not as fun.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point, good point. Or what if it was like speed dating style? Like you had five minutes with each person to roll through. I might prefer
0: that, actually.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. I I, I think that that would be a better format than you get five minutes with the whole audience.
0: Right, because then you can just sort of boom, 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 boom. All right, have a nice day, next person.
1: And you can change what you're going to say to different people. The five minutes with the whole audience is like, I don't know what I need to share to... These people versus this group versus that. Like, with five minutes, I can, you know, if it was five minutes with you, it'd be like, hey, how's it going? See you next week. Yeah, well, five next episode, with, yeah. <laughs> with somebody I haven't seen since then, you know, I I know what I'm going to say more than, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll go back to those someday. Yeah, I just can't stand Zoom anymore. Okay, I got, I got about three Zoom meetings in me a week at this point. Really? Yeah. Anything else is going to... Well, uh, how many do I... I've got you every, like, two weeks. Yeah. I, which, which, and I say that with, like, the most affection. The way I, the no, way I just said it sounded very, like, oh, I've got my Isaac appointment. Um, I've got two Dungeons & Dragons things a week. But that's, like, not draining. That's, like, I go pretend to be someone else and go on an adventure. That's that's the thing that's translated the best to virtual, is because Dungeons & Dragons just is just people sitting around a table... Uh, well, one person talks, and then it, they take turns anyway. So, like, that's that translates pretty well. Um, so that's been fun to, like, have something to do. You don't have to, like, make awkward small talk. You can just jump into a Zoom meeting and be like, all right, roll a D20.
1: Have you, did you meet these people before you started this dungeon? Yeah, everyone,
0: everyone I played Dungeons & Dragons with is, is someone I met in college, for the most part. I have one group where it's someone's friend that they met in grad school, but I know everyone else in the group.
1: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: And that's kinda nice, like these people who, you know, I haven't seen in a while who I can I can go slay dragons with or, or one guy I played Dungeons and Dragons with, he was a senior my freshman year, so I haven't really talked to him much since then. Uh but now I you know get to hang out with him every week. So that's that's fine. I've got work I've got a work meeting every couple weeks that I go to most of the time. That's usually kind of a teeth puller. They're like, Does anyone have any questions? And then it's an awkward silence for like forty seconds. That's the worst, is awkward silences on Zoom. I don't know how many of those you've experienced, uh, but, like, I feel like in a real-life meeting, you can find something to do to occupy yourself during an awkward silence, but I feel like in a Zoom meeting, everyone, like, you're in your window, you've got your so you can't just, like, look off in the distance because you are visible fully.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's easier to be absent-minded in a Zoom meeting than it is in a real meeting.
0: It is, but everyone can see you more in a Zoom meeting than in a real meeting.
1: That's not true. I'm not wearing pants right now.
0: That, I didn't. I don't mean, like, pants. I mean, like, <laughs> you are being observed more in a Zoom meeting than if you were just sitting around a table with, with you know, whatever organization or job you're having a meeting for.
1: Hmm. I still don't think that's true.
0: Maybe I'm just overanalyzing everything, which certainly would not be the first time I've done that. Uh, that is one of my, as the kids say, specialties. So...
1: I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it just doesn't like compared to being in the room with somebody and feeling their presence, watching a little, you know, inch by inch rectangle of them on your screen is like, there's so much less you can perceive about that. I
0: feel so like just watched in a zoom meeting.
1: Hmm. Like if,
0: if there was a, a lulling conversation in like a, in my sketch comedy group, for example, if we were having a meeting, there was just like a 30 second in conversation. You know, I, everyone just sort of does their own thing until the the meeting picks up. Maybe I can scroll through my phone or something. Or no one really cares. But in a Zoom meeting, if there's a lull in conversation, I feel like I'm so aware of all the boxes and, like, just that silence.
1: I think it has made it more appropriate to people watch, though, during a meeting. Like, mm-hmm. my attention always goes to other people, and maybe that's why oh, yeah. you're feeling watched, is it's, like, entertaining to see, to look at everybody else. And maybe that that's something that's long worn off by now having three zoom meetings a week but like uh yeah when there is that pause looking at like oh what's that person up to now that i'm not focused on whoever's speaking you know that it is, is if, uh, yeah if you have it in gallery mode and not uh some crazy speaker mode like
0: i hate speaker saying. mode speaker mode cause st- then someone will like someone will fart or something and then it's like <laughs> you can tell exactly who it was i much prefer for gallery there's a new phenomenon that's come out of, like, Zoom meetings that I really enjoy, which is when you're in a Zoom meeting with someone and you, like, send them a meme or something or, like, text them something funny, you can watch them <laughs> get the meme and see their reaction. I yeah. really, really enjoy that. Um, <laughs>
1: that is really fun to do. <laughs>
0: or, like, if you, if you like, our private messaging in the Zoom chat, which is risky because I've almost sent private messages to, like, the whole group before.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, if, if I'm yeah. complaining
0: about someone in D&D and I, like... <laughs> almost send it to that person. But, like, watching them laugh at the joke you've made in the private chat, it, it's... <laughs> it's, like, validating in a really weird way that I haven't experienced before, but I'm a big fan.
1: That is priceless. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> That's the equivalent of, like, passing notes in class, I think, mm-hmm. is that same level of, like, yeah. But you're less <laughs> likely to
0: get in trouble. The teacher's not going to... Well, the teacher might read your note aloud if you send it in the, the group chat, but...
1: Yeah. Uh that's funny. Zoom. What a thing in our lives. I feel like that's gonna become the uh in like ten years where I look back and be like, who remembers Zoom? <laughs> I'd be like, Oh, that thing that dominated our lives for That's so a year funny and a half because then-
0: like I'd never heard of Zoom before the um the pandemic. People used it. Like it was it was obviously a software that existed, but I'd never heard of it. And now like it's a verb, and, like, it's just – it's an all-encompassing – my microphone – fun oh, this is going to be bad audio. Never mind. My microphone is from a company called Zoom, and I never thought of it before, but every time I see it now, it's, like, an extra spike of, like, ha, Zoom. Um, sorry for the bad audio, listeners, when I just picked up my microphone there. Uh, I
1: think at some point there will be a time when the word will mean nothing to the mm-hmm. next generation. or to the gen- Like, What? What's a laser disc? I don't know. Like, oh, Zoom? What is that?
0: (laughs) Well, it's there's all these stories of like people who grew up in the Great Depression are very cognizant of like saving food and and that sort of thing. And I feel like our generation is gonna have like we're gonna be so obsessed with washing our hands or like like masks are gonna be something we talk about. My I was joking with my boss the other day like we're gonna be leaving our houses and checking for a mask for like the rest of our lives now. And Zoom. Zoom has become the new Skype. I, everyone used to use Skype, like the word Skype. You know, I'm going to Skype you later, uh, but yeah. now it's all Zoom, which is wild. Skype had, like, the monopoly on this and just lost it in a week to Zoom.
1: Yeah, they botched that one. They could have really – I don't know what happened, but they dropped the ball.
0: And now I don't know how many other, like, services like Zoom you use, but so many other, like, video share or video conference apps and even just, like, FaceTime or, or whatever the Android equivalent is, they've all, like, incorporated Zoom features. Like, none of them had screen share options before or not as prevalent. Some of them didn't even have gallery mode before, and it's all, like, they're all just emulating Zoom now. It's it's a behemoth. It's taken over everything.
1: Yeah, it sure has. I don't know.
0: Like, we didn't even used to record on Zoom. We used to record on Google Hangouts, not to, not to name drop, but, like...
1: That's true. And That's now true.
0: Although we switched to Zoom because Google Hangouts like just stopped working, I think right. That was the initial yeah.
1: It just it, it for some reason on this computer it didn't recognize the microphone in that program or something. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you remember your first Zoom
0: meeting? This just turn it to ZoomCast, which is fine. Because I remember like being so intimidated by the like the interface uh, and like I didn't know how anything works, and now I can do it in my sleep.
1: It was probably for school. That was probably it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, mine
0: too. Probably, it's been so. Long. It hasn't been that long. It's only been a year. But... I
1: don't think I had ever video conferenced before that. Really? Yeah. Have I? Had I?
0: I must have. Maybe I mean, not. We group. did, didn't
1: we? We did. I mean, we did one
0: on one, but that's. I feel like that's a different experience than sitting with, with ten people in a Zoom call.
1: Yeah, I'd never video conference for that for anything before.
0: It's not my favorite.
1: No, I know people that will like both put on the same movie and then like uh, video chat each other and like Which watch the movie th- and like talk and you know, just be in each other's presence.
0: And there's, there's two different ways to do that. There's one where you do the countdown and try to hit play at the same time. There's like, there's some websites that'll let you like sync it up. I think Hulu and, and Disney plus now have like a watch party kind of thing incorporated and there's like apps for Netflix to do that. Mm-hmm. Which is, I, I did that with friends sort of, at the beginning of the pandemic, we watched, uh, nailed it on Netflix together. Yeah. Uh, over, over. But it's just, it's, it's weird. It's all weird, and it's gonna be weird. I think about like, like dating, for example, and like going on a date over video conference, and that's a bizarre thought. Like getting to know someone in a box like this.
1: Yeah, it is very weird. Not something I have experienced, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. I have friends who've done it, and they said it was weird. I think a lot of them also did a video conference while also playing Animal Crossing together, and that helped having something to do.
1: Oh, like that was the point of their date?
0: Yeah, there was a, that was a big thing back when Animal Crossing first came out was Animal Crossing dates. Huh. I never went on one. I put it in my Tinder bio for a while. Like, anyone want to play Animal Crossing? No one did.
1: Uh, <laughs> so I took it out. Oh, that's so but... sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <sighs> Got through it. That's hilarious. Um, speaking of Netflix, have you seen they have the new random button? It yeah. just says play something. I'm a big Have you fan. rolled that dice yet?
0: <laughs> I did. It played Star Trek for me, which is good of them, because that's what I wanted to watch in the first place. But
1: Do you think it it goes to your,
0: like, preferences? It must. It must, like, scan your list or, like, look at your recently watched and pick something in that ilk.
1: Because sometimes they'll have the, like, this thing is a 98% match or, or 80% match or whatever. You would like this. So I wonder if it just picks something from that.
0: They must. That's my guess. I wish you could do it, like, cause it's it's just for all of Netflix right now, right? right. Like, you just, I wish you could like pick a show, and then have the watch something options. Like, I know I want to watch Hannah Montana, for example. Yeah. But I don't. I don't care what episode. Can I just? Could? Will you pick an episode for me, Netflix?
1: I was gonna say I I want that for genre. Hey, I'm feeling Ooh. a comedy tonight. I don't yeah. know what comedy. I like. I'm not going to scroll forever down the comedy train. Just pick me a comedy. Here we go. But not you know? all
0: comedies are good. That's the problem. What that's a true. Stinker?
1: But then that's where the algorithm comes in, dude. That's where they like, hey, this would be at 80% Always match. remember
0: the algorithm. I forgot about it the algorithm. It
1: goes into your, your, your brain and says, okay, this person wants a comedy tonight. Here's what they like usually. Boom. You know? I've
0: been trying to find, like, like quizzes online for that. Like, I'm. this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm in the mood for. Let me punch this data into this like BuzzFeed quiz interface, and you give me a movie to watch. And there's nothing really good like it, so maybe no. that is maybe that's the the future. Is this this pick a genre, give me a movie kind of vibe?
1: I think we have to create that. Then I think we your expertise to. in movies could could really come in handy there.
0: Coming from Ketchup Cast Corporation to uh, a <laughs> streaming service near you, genre randomizer. I don't. We're working on the name.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I have not rolled that dice yet which I maybe I'll do that for tonight's viewing but uh yeah I thought that was really interesting that they they realized there was a problem with people just endlessly scrolling and like never picking a thing or just watching
0: uh, the office for like the 30th time
1: which is no longer on Netflix so you Very have to sad. pick something else now <laughs> Yeah and
0: <laughs> friends isn't there either what are people going to watch I
1: think there's a I think there's a a correlation though that that button came out just as soon after as the, office left. the yeah. office left, yeah, the office left. Like I don't know what to watch anymore. I I feel this empty hole in my heart because the office isn't on Netflix. Oh, they have this new random button. Let's I'll do that. <laughs>
0: and it probably it must go from the algorithm. Yeah, because if it was just picking at random from the whole of Netflix,
1: that would be that's a lot that of stuff. That would be a trip.
0: But that could be kind of fun. Find something you never thought you'd be interested in.
1: Well, it's like the "I'm feeling lucky" button on Google,
0: exact, which they've removed, I think.
1: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that in years, or I haven't paid attention so, to it in years.
0: Maybe we've really just dated ourselves to the audience. Maybe there's like some, some high schooler who's listening, and like, "What the fuck is is I'm feeling lucky?" Uh, for those who are unacquainted, it was essentially just you choose a topic and hit "I'm feeling lucky," and it would take you to a random thing on the the results. I don't know what use it had. I feel like I never really used it.
1: Yeah, I don't... For some reason, I remember people telling me never to, don't use I'm feeling lucky. Like...
0: Well, it's probably like, back in the day, there was that, you know, as a kid, it was like, you know, playground rumors, but like everything on the internet was like porn or or like drugs or something. And that was probably where that came from.
1: Yeah, it would give you unfiltered results that were uh, adult in nature. Right. Of like, I'm feeling lucky. Search this and then get like, Oh, that's what that word means in urban dictionary, <laughs> like oh,
0: <laughs> blue, blue waffle, what
1: yeah, but uh, and I think doesn't Wikipedia also have take me to a random article?
0: I think it does, but that I like that though. I could spend hours just randomly Wikipediaing Wikipediaing things. Have you heard the thing that like if you click links in Wikipedia enough, you'll eventually reach the article for philosophy? Like any, if you start any article, if you click the first link in each article, eventually you will get to the philosophy article. And I found it. Well, no, that's a whole truth. game.
1: That's a whole yeah. game. Is uh, uh, Wikipedia. It's like the
0: Kevin Bacon number. Like how many degrees of separation is so and so from Kevin Bacon? How many articles are you from philosophy?
1: Or you can pick any two random things, and you try to click the blue links in order to get to your other thing.
0: I haven't played that version.
1: No. So you like pick like I don't know, like, you know. Uh, maybe you like start at that random article page and then you decide okay we are going to see how many clicks each of us takes to get to you know the name of our hometown and like now we have to 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 see who can get there first using blue link to blue link
0: maybe that's the big uh, the next big zoomed game night thing
1: i think that it's it's kind that of fun. fun i've done it a few times it's pretty cool does
0: it work the thought of like starting at like spoons and ending up at you know Burlington Vermont for example that feels like a long game
1: yeah that could be a long game and I think the more specific you get the harder it is and uh, but I think yeah that is is a fun game also have you ever played GeoGuessr no oh that's so that's that's a good one too it puts you on a random point in Google street maps like you know the first person view not like Google Earth but like Google street maps And you have to, like, look around and use the, like, context clues of, like, oh, I'm driving on the right-hand side instead of the left-hand side. And, oh, that – it blurs out – no, it doesn't blur out – I think it blurs out place names but not the rest of the, like, road sign. So if you, like, read the road sign, you're like, oh, that's in English. All right, I know I'm in an English-speaking country. Or, like, you know, here – Using, I'm by the sea. And they're like, okay, English speaking country by the sea. I'm going to guess Australia. And then it tells you, oh, you're wrong. It was Great Britain. You're like, ah, gosh. idiot.
0: Idiot.
1: You know? That um, sounds and, people, really fun. and it gives you a score of like, you were 10,000 miles off. Good luck next time. Or you get like, you were 20 miles off. Like, the, you try to get as close to the point that you started at as possible. And there's whole different categories of like, the no moving geo guesser where you don't move at all and you just like
0: you just have to guess based on the single frame you've been given
1: the single frame you've been given yeah
0: man i <laughs> wish sometimes i wish this was a, this was a visual format cuz i feel like that could be a really fun thing like you and me competing against each other in yeah. geo guesser i feel like that would be a really good bit but i don't, i that would not work audio you know we can describe what we see as much as we like but it's still not going to be <laughs> as as in in I can't even speak inviting interesting interesting that's the word
1: yeah I would say you could play the uh the wikipedia game and call out every every page you're going to next maybe we do
0: that next week or next next episode that it's gonna be episode 40 you know we could do like a themed episode
1: wow play, that's, uh, play games
0: or something yeah we've done 10 episodes in quarantine
1: that's pretty good that's really? our 10
0: yeah because we started or no, more than that, because we put out, the first episode we put out during the pandemic was episode 27, Uh huh. and this is 39, what we're recording right now. There you go. So, turns out this is our most consistent uh, <laughs> run yet.
1: Wow. <laughs> Who would have thought? Although I think we both have the most consistent lives we've had in a long That's time. That's true.
0: So, yeah, Schedules yeah. that are the same, and
1: yeah, we're, we're hitting that,
0: that big milestone. I'm only
1: effing off into the woods half the time now. <laughs>
0: And I don't make films anymore, so my schedule's wide open.
1: There you go. Well, dude, I think this one uh, might be a wrap.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll, we'll do the housekeeping. Listeners, uh, if you want to hear more of me, I was just a guest on a podcast called The Coffee Hour, uh, hosted by Adam frost Venrick. I went to college with him. Uh, that's on Spotify. And he interviewed me about my upcoming book. Uh, so if you want to hear me talk about that more, uh, coffee hour on spotify the episode is called everybody and their aunt look for my name uh, so that's that's that if you want to follow us on twitter at ketchup cast ketchup spelled like the condiment uh, you can do that if you want to send us an email with discussion ideas or you tell, tell us your favorite place that you found on geoguessr or a wikipedia article you're into or whatever uh, you can email us at no condiments at gmail.com uh, yeah, that's all the housekeeping. Anything you want to add, Isaac?
1: No, that's all good on my end. Uh, have a good one, folks. Yeah, take care, listeners.